The readings from John chapter 7, starting at verse 53 and going through to chapter 8, verse 11. And the page number is 1073. So that's John chapter 7, verse 53. Then each went to his own home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered round him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away, one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. This is the word of the Lord. You were meant to have Graham this afternoon, but he's at a meeting, so you've got my thoughts instead. (laughs) Um, How is everyone's Lent going? Just by kind of make a noise. Uh, Yeah, okay. Um, Well, this story, um, if you came to our Ash Wednesday service, you'll know that this is quite a traditional Lent story. And it's uh, what's known as a pericope, which sounds like a Pokemon, but um, it means that it's a little self-contained scene with a, you know, pretty pretty specific message. So John is full of these little pericope, these little stories. And um, the controversy of the scene is reflected by hundreds of years of argument whether this little story should even have made it into scripture, but we're not going to go there today. Um... It definitely appears in an interesting place in John's narrative because in the last few chapters, Jesus has been causing quite a stir in the temple courts. He's been going there a lot and making these outrageous claims about um, who he is and what he can give and what uh, the law says. And um, there's a lot of division among the people over who he might be even among the scribes and Pharisees who we so often lump together as kind of the baddies of the story, there's disagreement over who he is. Is he a prophet? Is he the Messiah? Is he a liar? Is he um, a rabble-rouser? And um, the reason that the the story starts in such a weird place is that um, Jesus has withdrawn from all these arguments and this ruckus and gone to the Mount of Olives for the night, presumably to pray. And then at dawn, he's back again, teaching, and he just can't help gathering a crowd around him. But this time, the people who he is upset, the people who are already plotting to kill him, the people who are um, worried about um, what his message will mean for their um, power and position in society, this time they are ready. So we don't know whether this um, was just an opportune moment or whether they've caught this woman in adultery that very day 
or they've been kind of waiting to stage this moment in a public place. But they give him this public test. They bring this woman and they make her stand before them and they kind of place the whole um, conundrum of his ministry onto this one question. And I don't know about you, but I've been in that situation where you're in public and you feel like you've been set up to be condemned no matter what you do or say. Because he can't really get it right here. If he says, um, yes, she should be executed according to the law, he's going to um, lose a lot of popularity with the crowd, but also he's going directly against the Roman occupation because only Rome can... um, sanction executions but if he says no she shouldn't be executed he might be seen to be going against Moses maybe even betraying his own people it's um, just a dilemma so they give him a public test and in return he gives them a public test and I think um, it's safe to say that Jesus understood the law Jesus um, It often says in the Bible, it kind of personifies God as wisdom. I don't think we need to worry that Jesus somehow lacked the intellectual um, arguments to engage with this question. We know that he knew the law. We know that he taught on it. And he could have said, actually, the law demands the death of both parties of adultery, so where is the man? Or he could have said, oh, well... um, the law is actually in reference to this situation and you've brought me this situation. Or he could have called them out and said, I know that this is just a trap and you really don't actually care about this woman and you're just using her as a pawn. But instead of being drawn into the argument, he bends down and begins to write in the dust on the ground. And um, the Greek word is grapho, so we don't know if he was writing or if he was drawing, but we know that he's doing something with his finger. And we don't know what he wrote. He could have been writing out the law. Um, maybe he was writing out the secret sins of each of the people in the accusing crowd, daring them to cast the first stone. And they don't actually notice at first because they're still trying to draw him into this argument. They're not looking at what he's doing. Um, But then he stands up and um, he invites somebody, anyone, who is sinless to begin the execution. And that's the moment that they finally get it. It seems significant that it's the older people who turn to leave first. Maybe they are more aware of their own heritage. Maybe they understand the irony of um, Israel's adultery in their past generations. Maybe they're just less caught up in the fanatic piety that youth can sometimes give us. And John, or whoever is writing this, is very careful to tell us that only Jesus was left. If you look at that verse, only Jesus was left standing there. Only Jesus, we know, is qualified to judge. I was moaning to Sarah earlier that I was looking for a painting of the scene to show you. And in all of the paintings, you've got kind of the crowd as just like a blob. Um, And then Jesus standing like, you know, declaiming. And then the woman on the floor, you know, ashamed. 
And actually, it says in the passage that they brought her to stand before the crowd and that she's still standing there when everyone has gone. It's him that stoops down to write on the floor. And it's him that stands up when they're all gone and looks her in the eye as an equal and says, Woman, is there no one left to condemn you? I love that after she's been dehumanized and instrumentalized by this mob, he calls her woman, he restores her to her humanity. And just a couple of chapters earlier, we have him um, talking to Mary, his mother, calling her woman as well. And I love the idea that maybe what went through his mind was this could have been his mother. There was a time at which Mary was suspected of adultery because she was carrying a child that wasn't Joseph's. But he calls her woman, and I want to suggest that he does three things after this. He asks her a question, he offers her forgiveness, and he, in a sense, gives her a commission. So it's almost um, reflective of what we do in baptism, right? So um, he forgives her, he receives her, and then he sends her out with a vocation. Go. In a way, she does die standing there in the temple courts, not um, stoned in punishment, but raised to new life in Christ, the same invitation that all of us have. And I love the way that Jesus talks to people because it's always some sort of instruction, it's some sort of active thing, some calling. Lazarus, come out. Little girl, get up. Or pick up your mat and walk. Go and sin no more obedience and resurrection. And I think this is such the perfect story for us in Lent because often we are the ones who stand in unfaithfulness, who feel um, condemnation, not ready to run toward forgiveness. And maybe even more often, we are the ones picking up stones, ready to tear down others with our gossip and our prejudice. And Jesus offers another way to both of these groups, the way of resurrection. Repent. Turn back and go the way you came. Go on your way, the way of peace and justice. Leave your life of sin and come home to God's life. We get to stand. He stoops. Let's pray.